Um, guys, hold on. I can't. We can't. Just give me one second. I just got a. Te- uh, I just got a text from Chase. Uh, not that I bank with Chase. Uh, saying that there's a security issue with Chase. You don't bank with Chase. I bank with Chase. Is it a text or an email? No, it's text. Text. Is it actually from Chase? Just give me a second. I got to look at my. I'm gonna. All right, take a breath. I'm gonna do what we do. Are you getting smished? Stop breathing, Adam. With like the guy from Friday the Thirteenth. Well, you told me to uh, take a breath. No, no, no. That's that's take a breath. Not okay. This is this was a smishing. I did not get uh, hacked just now because I did not click the link because my first thought was I better go to the source because I don't want remorse. And I went to the app, and there was no note from them saying, you know, that the, the sky is falling. But Bo, if you did click it, they'd probably prompt you for a password, right? Yep, yep, hundred percent. And this is a good example of why you need strong password security. And if that's a heavy lift for you, just use a password manager. Yeah, I do. And I still almost clicked on the link. And this is exactly what we're going to talk about today. So welcome to What the Hack, a show about hackers, scammers, and the people they go after. I'm Adam, Cyber Chef. I'm Bo, Cyber Tool to Remove Frets from a Guitar Neck. And I'm Travis, Cyber Chaiwala. Huh? <laughs> Slumdog Millionaire, it's the uh, guy who brings you tea. Nice. And today we welcome back comedian Dana Dute to talk about why we don't use the security tools we know will help us, even after we've been hacked. Dan, welcome back. It's good to be back. I gotta say, uh, I've been thinking about you guys a lot. Uh, Aww. I, I have a lot. I have a lot to talk about. But thank you for having me back. Anyway, Dan, where are you coming to us from? I'm in Los Angeles, California. So nothing's changed. Okay. No, okay. nothing. Nothing has changed, but there is something very new, and that is Dan. Dan has written a book, and we're going to talk to him about cyber stuff later. But we're definitely going to talk to him about his book called Undercooked. How I let food become my life navigator, and how maybe that's a dumb way to live. Yes. Huh. Take it in. Take it in. I'm taking it in because I'm wondering, like, why is it a dumb way to live? I mean, I don't know. Dan, my latest thing is Kamut. Are you familiar with Kamut? No. Kamut is an ancient grain, and I am now a person who has a lot to do with ancient grains, as Travis can say, because I converted him to Pharaoh. Yep, hundred percent. Pharaoh, I'm familiar with. Kamut sounds like a um, Canadian LGBTQ kind of. Hey, it's it's a uh, March. You get, it's time to Kamut of the closet, <laughs> like uh, a like a. <laughs> Sorry, that, that was terrible, but that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, no, I, I'm not familiar with Kamut. I am very familiar with Pharaoh. Pharaoh is a very interesting grain. The Roman legions were uh, were basically uh, fueled on Pharaoh. So yeah, no, Pharaoh is some good stuff. Kamut is an ancient grain, and it's pretty tasty. It takes about eight days to cook, um, which is probably why it's not used so much. But I, but I, it's it's definitely like a, a a hack along you know the lines of like what can I cook that takes the most amount of time and tastes the strangest because it also it has a, t- a very odd taste it tastes somewhere between a bean and rice 
and Wait, fruit. Why does it take eight days to cook? It actually only takes eight hours in a slow cooker. Eight hours. Wow. And now I'm not familiar with kamut. And you can puff it. You can puff it. And then it makes very good cereal. So you see, how much time do you think Bo is wasting on this kamut uh, instead of spending time on himself, on his family? That's why it's a dumb way to live. <laughs> Okay, so Dan, we're talking about password managers today. Yeah. So last time you were here, you talked about your Twitter account getting hacked by a little kid. Yeah. Long story short, um, I one day my friend texted me, said, I think you've been hacked. And I went onto my Twitter and it was just spitting out these song lyrics every five seconds, like bad song lyrics, too. It was yes, yes ones, right? Yeah. Owner of a Lonely Heart. Yeah. Owner of a Lonely Heart. Um, and uh, which actually is a good one. Umbop was one of them as well. <laughs> and and then I saw that I couldn't get into my Twitter account. I was locked out. I contacted Twitter and they were like, someone's going to get back to you within five and seven days. Meanwhile, I'm like hemorrhaging followers. And uh, ultimately, I get a call from an unknown number thinking it's Twitter. And it was my hacker. And my hacker called me to extort me. And I was like, how much money do you want? For my account and he you know he's like let me you know let me look at it let me see how many followers you got this and that and i think he wanted like 300 bucks for the account which was so insulting to me i was like that's all i'm worth 300 dollars." <laughs> so anyway eventually we negotiated it down and he realized by looking at my instagram account where he was he was actually doing what what you guys do he was like looking at all my other accounts at this point to see like if if everything else was hackable or or safe and you know trying to give me best practices and he saw on my instagram that i posted a picture of my um it was a throwback thursday picture of my character falafel phil that i played on the disney show um kicking it now i have a question for you which is just i have a feeling i have been exposed to your disney character unwittingly through my children Okay, first of all, you say exposed, like, uh, you know, you met my Disney character in a back alley and I was wearing a long trench coat and I exposed myself no, to you. No, I meant more sort of like an earworm that I'll recognize immediately once I hear it. Mm, got it. What did your character sound like? What, did he, what kind of things did he say? Well, if it sounded anything like this, then you would know who the character is. It is me, Falafel Phil. Oh, I do recognize that voice. Yeah, yeah. So what was what was Falafel Phil's run? How long? When was it? It was like ten years ago. <laughs> went for about four years. Uh, Falafel Phil made waves, baby. I told my children that I spoke to Falafel Phil, and they both were like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I want. My goal is to make you guys cool to your kids. That's the only reason I'm here. Well, they had the same reaction that Hacker Tom had. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. He was an enormous fan of this show and of my character, and he couldn't believe that I was the guy who he hacked. And I was like, can I get my money back? And he was like, no, but I'm going to be your, your I'll be your internet security guy so no one can mess with you anymore. And so I hired him for a while to be my, my, my muscle. Um, nice. <laughs> and, uh, Until he disappeared. Yeah, he just vanished. I mean, he had like a Google uh, number set up uh, he told me he wouldn't give me his real name. He said his name was Hacker Tom. So I don't know. I mean, it's uh, 
he I don't know where he's gone. I don't know what he's up to. I hope he's okay. Um, I also hope he's gotten hacked. That would make me really happy. Maybe the NSA hired him. Yeah, I know. Um, but anyway, that's how I came across you guys. And we gave you some homework, uh, namely to set up a password manager instead of reusing the same few passwords on every platform. I have since uh, not taken any of your advice, and <laughs> I've I've just lost money paying for a service that I'm not using. But. In case our listeners need a refresh on what a password manager is, it's an app or a tool that helps you generate, store, and manage passwords. So instead of having to remember multiple passwords or use weak or easily guessable passwords, you only need to remember one master password. Yes. Right. So in other words, we know it's good to use unique passwords for every single account you have online, but at the same time, it is really difficult to remember 20, 30, or 100 unique difficult passwords instead of just reusing passwords uh use a password manager it's it's almost as easy um i will say and travis i was i was really i was almost not going to do the podcast because of this because i'm ashamed after we got off the last time I ended up buying the password protection, uh, you know, service that you recommended to me and I pay for it and I've never used it. Mm. <laughs> Not once. The thing is this, the thing is this, hold on in my defense, it gets very confusing now because with my new MacBook air now they want my fingerprint. So I put my fingerprint on, you know, uh, to, to, to unlock stuff. And then also I have my Chrome browser and i have the safari browser also uh elon musk took away my two-step verification with twitter because i'm uh i'm not a paying twitter blue uh person so i am i'm a little nervous i'm getting back to my nervousness and i'm curious has anything changed in the landscape since the last time we spoke that i don't need one of those past password verification services is the new fingerprint thing on the macbook air enough to not need that um does that not cover everything because i don't think i can use a fingerprint for twitter i'm not sure you tell me well i mean with the uh fingerprint verification that's something that is good for that one device but not every account right right so in the same way before you had that some kid being able to take over your twitter account uh, just by using your password uh that so having a fingerprint any kind of biometric verification that'll protect your device, but not your accounts. Since then, there have been a couple of high profile hacks, though, of a at least one major uh, password manager service. Really? Yeah. Wow. That would be that would be just in case you missed it. That would be LastPass. Mm -hmm. But the argument is that the level of encryption was so high that it would be impossible Right. For the hackers to get their hands on your passwords. Exactly. However, did they did they get the source code by any chance when they hacked? It looked like it was uh, pretty much soup to nuts in terms of the hack of LastPass. That was, they, they got just, it seems like everything. So it wow. was encrypted, but it's still not great. So is there a lawsuit like from people who have spent money for that service? Are they suing? I, I'm sure it's coming. Yeah. 
So what about the one the one that you recommended for me, which I know for some reason you didn't want to mention the name on the air, but the one that you recommended for me, is that one still okay? Yes. Yep. It is. Okay. Come on, name it. Name it. I mean, I think it was 1Password1 or something. Yeah. It was 1Password. Yeah. Yep. 1Password. So, okay. Travis just isn't like giving out free ads. Yeah, exactly. Know? No, I get it. <laughs> Well, also, if they get hacked tomorrow, then I'm going to look like a right jackass. So uh, it's gonna... No, it just looks well, like you're a member of the human race. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm I'm a last pass now completely. You know, I just changed everything. I went in and changed all of my passwords after that happened. Okay, but... can you guys te- tell me, I like actionable steps. Tell me the first thing that I should be doing. I have this one password. Thing. I'm paying money for it. I haven't canceled it. And I think a couple days ago, it just came up again of like, we're just going to we're going to re-up your your membership for a year. And I was planning on canceling it. But then I was like, let me talk to the guys first and see what they say. The first thing I would do, Dan, is set it up. And, and that means making sure that you have a long and strong password, master password for that for that service and that you put it somewhere safe. And then I think you need to spend an hour and just make sure all your financial accounts, nothing else, just your financial accounts are, are done. Okay. And then in a week or so, come back and do some other kind of thing. Cause you'll see in the app, if it's anything like LastPass, there'll be different categories. So you can do entertainment, you can do finance, you can do whatever it is you do. Retail. Okay, so let's say, so how does it work? Like, I create this this new password, the uh, the master password, and let's say I want to, you know, I have to change an existing password. So I go into, let's say, Twitter, and I say I want to change my password, and it says, okay, type in your old password. Now type in your new password. What am I typing in in the new password with these when you use these services? So when you're creating an account or changing your password or updating it or anything like that, um, if you have a password manager installed, it will give you a prompt to generate a new password. And so it'll make one that's long and complex, uh, pretty much unguessable. Each of these password managers is a little different, but they all do the same thing. Oh, I see. And then what you do is that you tattoo the master password to the inside of your eyelid, so you'll never right. forget it. Yeah, okay. So but then... also change it from time to time. I, I actually, Travis is disagrees, and I know that the, I, he disagrees because he's right, and I'm wrong. But, um, right, Travis, you, you, there, there's an argument against changing certain passwords often, correct? Uh, the argument is more that if you're being told that you need to change your password, like once every month or three months or so, because what that ends up meaning is that the number of people out there that say, like, I don't know what my password is. I need to hit reset. And then they're going to have to uh, go through that entire process, which can be really easily replicated through a phishing campaign. Oh, I got you. So anyone can get in touch and be like, hey, it's time to reset your password. Exactly. Yep. No, then there's the other argument, too, that people, when you change your password, if you're not using a password manager, you could tend to fall into the this sounds like a great password, which just happened to have been a password you used five years ago on another site that was hacked. Mm-hmm. So it also provides a pattern. If I were to say like my password is Sparky one two three, then it's telling me to change my password. My password is not Sparky one two three. Um, but if it tells you to change your password, then you say Sparky four five six, 
And then if uh, two of those happen to get breached and someone says, I'm guessing it might be 789 right now. So tell me why it's different. Let's say I have my, my Twitter hacker again, okay? What would be different if he tried to get in and I had one of my password manager passwords instead of what I have now, which is Sparky123? The main thing about it is that he would not be able to guess your password. So if your password was breached uh, anywhere else on a different account that you were reusing it, that it would not be effective on your Twitter account. So with password managers, they'll usually have something that's really long and incomprehensible. One seven Z five exclamation point hash, whatever. Um, that is his password. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he, he would not be able to guess that. So if you were to have your uh, password compromised on, on one account, he would not be able to take that uh, that same password and apply it to your Twitter account. Okay, remember Have I Been Pwned, Dan? You, we went to the Have I Been Pwned site with you. And oh, you yes, 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 yes. And all of those things popped up, right? So the, the big difference is, think of it in those terms. So there's a difference between a password being discovered and a password being discoverable. Mm -hmm. You're now go entering into a an undiscoverable mode in theory anyway, unless they get hacked. So the thing that a password manager will do is it'll look and see if any of your passwords are guessable and it'll suggest, hey Dan, maybe change this this one. This one's a little too easy. Right. And and you go through that process and after I don't know, about seven or eight years, you will have all your passwords really secure. It's, you don't have to do it overnight. The ones you have to do overnight are the ones where you can actually get hurt. And for you, that's social media and finance. Right. Okay. And then are there, so the plugins that you use, are they on your phone as well or they're just desktop? Multi-platform. So the same company is releasing software that has an app version that lives on your phone. And, on, and then there's a, there's a web version, but they both use the same password, same credentials. And you can set the one on your phone if you're using uh, a phone with biometric recognition, like face recogni facial recognition, to just open when you look at it. Every once in a while, it'll ask for the main password. And that actually, I think, is probably in the settings too, right, Travis? Yep. So you can even tell it not to do that. But So in other words, you can ride dirty or you can... <laughs> or you can... <laughs> Or you can keep it. As long as you're not two-faced, that can work. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to indulge you in Let's that Let's just one, let it sit there. Just let it <laughs> <Yeah>. sit. <laughs> wow. I'm confetti for a hundredth dad joke in the last uh, <laughs> half hour. <laughs> This spring, get out there, enjoy the weather, and recapture the magic of riding a bike with electric e-bike. With an amazing variety of models built for riders of all abilities, it's never been easier to fall in love with riding again. Plus, every electric e-bike ships free and only requires quick, toolless assembly. This is my first ever e-bike, and the experience has just been great. I was a little bit intimidated at first because I hadn't gone biking in a while, but the 500-watt motor that the electric e-bike comes with really gives you a nice little boost, especially if you're trying to go uphill or pick up some speed. Data shows that e-bike riders take their bike out more often. That means you get more exercise, more exploration, and wait for it, 
fresh air. And riding an e-bike isn't like, it's not cheating. It's just making it possible for you to be out there longer on each ride. And speaking of things going a little slower, you can finance electric e-bike for as little as $49 a month. Get into spring with electric e-bikes, the number one selling e-bikes in the nation. Get your adventure started at electricebikes.com. And please mention that What the Hack with Adam Levin sent you in the post-checkout survey. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. So, Bo and Adam, you guys know I'm a bit of a uh, privacy geek, if you will. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah, totally. I, I really just don't like the idea that just about anyone can find you online, can find out where you live or your email address or your phone number or anything. I just think that entire idea is super creepy. There's so much of my data already out there, but is there something that you can do? Yeah, actually, you can use Delete Me. Delete Me is a service that pretty much does the heavy lifting for you, where they go to all the data brokers that they have on file and uh, just pull your data and delete it on a regular basis. I use it. I like it. And they make it quick, easy, and safe to remove your personal data online. Well, yeah, with these data brokers, they can accumulate huge amounts of your personally identifiable information. And if all that information gets into the hands of a bad actor, that opens you up to a lot of risk. And if you act now, you can get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash WTH and use promo code WTH. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash WTH and enter promo code WTH at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash WTH, promo code WTH, which stands for What the Hack. And we thank you for supporting Delete Me and What the Hack. Dan, so let's go back for a sec. And and that is, you haven't used it. You paid for it. This might be instructive for a lot of people. What what stopped you from doing it up to now? You know, I honestly, it's just an old dog set in his ways. And I, it's learning a new thing. Um, I feel like, especially with technology, I need someone to hold my hand. I need a Mac, you know, it's, it's all Apple's fault because they got us used to these, <laughs> these freaking Mac geniuses who hold your hand and are dressed all hip and they, and they're nice and they're cool. But then when I'm on my own, when I'm going rogue, man, I don't know. I don't have much of a bandwidth for that. I need you. What you guys need to do is you need to, someone needs to have a a service where you pay a nerd for an hour to be on Zoom and walk you through what you got to do. Isn't that called Geek Squad? Yeah, I was about to say. I think it's <laughs> Geek Squad does it, but you have something more personalized than Geek Squad. What's that? You have 1-800-TRAVIS. Indeed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that sounds so like, if I'm like, Travis, hey, can you please put a half hour of your day aside for me? I, I feel bad asking him unless there's unless there's some sort of compensation I can give you. Does anyone in your family want a uh, watch Cobra Kai? I can do a personalized Cobra Kai happy birthday message. Uh, that would probably I, make my daughter's day, actually. Yeah. There we go. OK, right. now you see now we got a little uh, quid pro go. quo. But I think the thing that you're talking about, though, it it, it is um, it does illustrate sort of a need that, yeah. 
places like Apple or Geek Squad or whatever, they've taken a lot of the sharp corners off of the internet. But at the same time, there's a bit of technical know-how that can be required just to make sure you're as secure as possible. And for a lot of people, that's just inconvenient. Yeah. But what are the what are the technic what technical things are you talking about? Managing passwords across multiple accounts without a, without using the same password. That is in and of itself. It sounds it sounds simple, but at the same time, that's complicated. Most people have over a hundred accounts online at this point. Yeah, but but then but with the password manager, it just does it. It, it kind of does the Apple the Apple genius mm-hmm. thing for you and makes that happen so much in a streamlined way so long as they don't get hacked and everything gets released to a bad guy i think the other issue is that there's so many options there's now there's the fingerprint there's the face recognition when i'm on chrome it says do you want us to recommend a password but that password is not going to work on safari same with safari do we want us to recommend a password Mm -hmm. so you lose track of who's recommending what and what's with the finger and what's with the face and uh it just gets a little overwhelming and every company is trying to do their own password, you know, way to, to manage your password, uh, which is, again, why we got into this conversation in the first place, because you said there, there are these companies that will, they will manage the whole thing for you. Well, but the thing, Dan, is that, you know, usually in security, and there's jokes about this in r- various movies and cartoons uh, going back even 10 years now. There's more than one way of authenticating yourself. So there's, you know, in the Mission Mission Impossible made it look like it was, you know, sort of beyond beyond. But it's all real now. There's there's something you have, which is maybe a fob. There's something you know, which is a password. And there's something you are, which is a handprint or an eye print or something. And then there's can be combinations like in Mission Impossible where you stand on a plate that weighs you while it looks at your retina and touches your hand and then you know password and it knows three other things and it'll let you in based on the temperature of your skin. Um, So we're not living in a world, thank God, where we need all those things just to log into Twitter. Yeah, especially so now I don't get the two-factor verification on Twitter. That's 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 a dangerous thing for me. That is. They disabled uh, two-factor authentication through SMS, but you can still do that through an application, like an authenticator app. Now, do I need to get that, or is that all included in my one password thing? Uh, no, that's something completely separate, unfortunately. Although I will say that uh, some companies that have password managers, such as LastPass, do offer a, an authenticator as well, and so. You, you know, you can, I wouldn't be surprised if one pass doesn't have an authenticator app. And then is that like an extra, they'll charge you another dollar a month for it type thing? No, cause you're already paying whatever you're paying. Mine, mine comes, mine comes bundled with, and I don't use it and I don't use it because I find it to be cumbersome. And I have, I have a lot of faith in, in, in last pass actually, but mm. the perhaps ill-placed, but <laughs> I do. <laughs> Um, but the, the, um, the way that I manage the authenticators with, uh, some Google, uh, interfaces, they just don't work otherwise. And it's just a lot easier to use an authenticator. Google has a great authenticator that you can use. It does. Yeah. I use that one pretty frequently. Oh, they do. And mm-hmm. then they charge you for it or it's with no, the Gmail no. family. It's free. Why would they charge when they have all the access to see what you're doing? Right. Right. <laughs>
But it's tough. I mean, you're right. Every company has their own version. Every platform has a slightly different way of doing this. And unfortunately, sometimes they don't always play nice together. I wonder, like the one thing that you just said, is there this, this you know, I don't know, gold standard for doing it? Two-factor authentication is the closest thing I can think of. Yeah, and he was like, oh, now you have to pay for this. When does it end? I'm curious, why are you not paying for your blue check? Same reason I'm not. I mean, you know, yeah, philosophically, I have a problem with it. It's like, yeah. it's like I am a public figure. People follow me because of that. I'm giving your platform uh, more eyeballs or whatever. I'm giving you my content for free. Yeah. Um, you know, at the very least, uh, I feel like I should be getting a little bit of a status bump and not having to pay for it. And now that everyone's paying for it, it's not special anymore. It's just stupid. Not only that, but they can fake being you, for example. If he said, you're getting this because you're famous and because you're a public figure, but I'm going to need five bu bucks a month for it, that I would do. But the fact that he's saying anyone can get it for five bucks a month, then I am not understanding what's special about it. It's it's just a dumb blue check mark now. That well, no, what he's we live in a world where people can fake who they are constantly. So he's decided that that's worth some money. Yeah, he knows that, you know, I am not famous or a public figure, um, but I want to make sure that, you know, no one pretends they're me online that that can happen and it might be a worry I have and that worry might be significant enough that I'm willing to pay to protect myself from it. That's what he's thinking. And so every you know, everyone has to provide a license and you know some other form of identity, which is absurd if you think about sending all that stuff online over you know where anyone can grab it. It's dumb. But, but also, um, if you're like me, Bo Friedlander, that's not my legal name. So my ID doesn't match everything that's outward facing. So I couldn't get verified if I wanted to do it now. And if you want to send us $8 a month, Travis and I are happy to give up Bo's actual name. Seven bucks a month if you pay a year in advance. <laughs> my middle name is Brunhilda. <laughs> <laughs> This Twitter thing is ass backwards. We keep saying privacy needs to be built in, not opt-in. I don't think this is going to have the effect that Musk thinks it's going to have. I think he was saying, though, because I followed a little bit of the back and forth, that parody accounts are still not going to be uh, tolerated. Or, 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 you know, people taking your identity is not going to be tolerated. So I don't know that someone else could be a verified Danadute if it's not me. Um, but or. Or maybe that's what's going to happen is I'm going to have to pay for it so that to ensure against that. Almost overnight, there were uh, scam accounts that popped up. Like there was one that uh, claimed to be Nintendo that had the check mark next to it that had uh, Mario doing something rather rude. Um, oh, really? Yeah. But, but you know, this, this shows how screwed up things are because, for instance, privacy should be the default setting as opposed to something you have to pay for. And now you've got a situation where the blue check mark is something that should be earned and you shouldn't have to pay for it. And with people paying for it, despite what he's saying about no parody accounts will be accepted, the bottom line is he doesn't know. They don't know. Right. I still have my blue check mark. It looks like they haven't taken them away yet.
you know, I still have mine too. They're waiting to see if, if you're going to buy it, I think. Yeah. But the New York Times isn't doing it. I mean, there are a lot of places are like, sorry. I saw that. Yeah. No, not doing it. LeBron James isn't. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and look, I'm not a knee jerk anti Elon Musk guy, but this move was just like, uh, and by the way, correct me if I'm wrong, but is Instagram doing this as well with their blue check mark? Uh, Meta said that they're going to be doing something similar. I think they're probably uh, waiting to see how the whole Twitter thing ends up working. Everybody waits to see the first. If, if somebody jumps and some site is making money off it, the other guys will jump into. Mm. Yeah, well, Meta is yeah. definitely offering me a verified uh, something these days. And I believe it's for, I don't remember if they just want to see my ID. And I was like, oh, that's not going to work. Or if they wanted money. <laughs> but I saw I saw that they wanted to verify me. And I, I, I think they're offering it to everybody if they're offering it to me. Yeah, it's a bummer, man. That was the only the only thing that gave my life meaning was my two blue check marks. And now they're all just being diluted by the commoners. Yeah, I don't know. My favorite, I have to say, Dan, there's something cool about not having one. My favorite street photographer, I think he's got like 275, 300,000 followers. He's been on this show. His name is Daniel Arnold. Um, he doesn't have a blue check. Still doesn't. Like at 300,000 followers. Yeah. So for some, of, it's a badge of honor. Yeah. Something cool, but now it's going to be a badge of honor to not have one, and it's going to look weird if you do. That's right. my guess. Right, right. It's based on the theory you'd never become a member of a club that would have you. Dan, my friend, this is your second time on the show. Have we convinced you enough why you actually need to use your password manager and not just pay for it? Uh, I will use it now. I, I promise. Travis and I are going to 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 put our minds together. I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to meet his daughter over over Zoom, uh, and uh, we can get some of my passwords. Uh, or at least set up this, uh, this. I think once I get it up and running, you know, it's like going to the gym when you want to start a workout. This, you go the first day, and then you're you're set. You know, um, I just need to get get put my sneakers on and go to the gym for the first day. Well, listen. The other nice thing is that um, Travis will not ghost you like Hacker Tom. I will not. So before you go, we're all hack guys here, and you're a food guy. Any food hacks you want to share with us? Look, actually, my my latest hack that that everyone is uh, is getting onto is how do I return food at a restaurant and not look like a jerk? And my new move is if I get a dish now, mind you, if you get a dish that's prepared incorrectly, that's an easy return. You should not feel bad about returning that. But if you get a dish that you just don't like, but it was prepared correctly, now you're in a little bit of a predicament. Um, but what I normally do is I say, look, this dish is fine. Uh, it's, it was prepared the way it's supposed to be prepared. I'm not enjoying it, though. I'm willing to pay for it, but do you mind just taking it away? And uh, I'm going to order something else. And then they'll say, would you like it to go? And you say, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. And 10 times out of 10, they're not going to charge you for it. And you don't look like the jerk who said, just take back this food that I don't like just because I don't like it. 
Last night, I had a tuna melt at a diner because I was tired. And the tuna melt. I love tuna melt. The tuna melt came back up with unmelted cheese. What? It came to me. Ew. It was it was a grilled. It was a grilled sandwich, but it hadn't been grilled long enough, so the cheese was not really melted. It was just wilted. I didn't ask for a tuna wilt. I asked for a tuna melt. Mm. And do I, do, do I? I did not ask her to bring it back, though. Why? I, I just, I Why just not? I just have this fear of them like doing something weird to it if I send it back. You think she's gonna spit on your in your tuna melt? That is a risk at diners. I don't think so. I have a fear. I have a fear that they're going to do something weird to it. What do you think? I will tell you, as someone who has a food podcast and has had many servers on my podcast, they, 99% of them want you to have the best experience you can have. That's their goal. They want you to have a good time. They want you to enjoy your meal. I don't care if it's at a Denny's or a three-star Michelin restaurant. So they're not going to do anything weird to it. No, they never will. I mean, and so I think that especially something like that where it was prepared incorrectly. That's an easy, hey, I'm sorry. I, I really like my, my cheese, you know, uh, solidly melted on my tuna melt. Do you mind uh, zapping it or doing whatever you guys can do? Oh, uh, 100%. They would, they would be the ones that felt bad that the cheese wasn't melted. I mean, think of it in terms of a baseball game. Somebody takes a bat, swings at the ball, swings only halfway, does not get over the fence. You have to follow through. Melting grilled cheese to the point where it really creates a tuna melt, that's the follow-through swing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's in the, the freaking name. It's tuna melt. It's in the Correct. name. Yeah. No, I was disappointed. I literally all day long while I was working hard around the house thought I'm going to have a tuna melt for dinner at the, I'm not going to say the name of the diner because I like the diner, the Orem's diner. And they, man, they just messed it up. Anyway, so, so that affected my mood negatively. Tell me about a positive outcome I can have through food. I mean, look, I love food. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a huge foodie. Food is delicious. I love going to restaurants, all that stuff. But I felt like for a couple decades of my life, it was what gave my life meaning was being in the scene and knowing the cool places. And, you know, I dated only chefs and people who are food people. And it ended up being a pretty empty way to live. But it created some very, very funny stories. And uh, and my book is basically a lot of you know, standalone chapters that are kind of like short stories um, about my life with food. And I, I, I'm striving to be the David Sedaris of food. So that's, uh, that's what I go for in this book. For those of us who turn to food uh, at moments of desperate need for comfort in the middle of the night, like I'm a peanut butter fanatic. Okay. I once woke up in the morning with a peanut butter jar that looked like it had been power washed mm. from the inside. Okay, so how can you help me hack my peanut butter at night and help me conquer my sleep eating issues? Because okay. I need some help there. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Eat your peanut butter. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> So Undercooked is uh, published by Crown. 
publishers and it is just out and available wherever you buy books and even some places where you don't usually think of buying books. An Amazon bestseller. Yes, please get it. Um, tell me what you think. Post about it. I will repost you. Um, and I still have my blue check mark on Instagram, so my reposts uh, carry a lot of weight. <laughs> Dan, we can't thank you enough for spending time with us today. Well, thanks for having me. Um, you know, we're never going to forget a couple things. We learned a couple things that we're never going to forget. One is uh, that grain, which I've already forgotten the name of. Kamut. Your new password. <laughs> Kamut. Kamut. Kamut to the closet. That's right. Kamut. Two is my new password, Sparky123. <laughs> Thank you for having me, guys. This was delightful. I look forward to Travis and I having our one-on-one -on -one session. Uh, Travis, how are, should we schedule this offline? Yeah, sure. I can give my Let's talk about weight loss. Most of us have been there, struggling with the ups and downs. You lose some weight, then it creeps back. But forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses, soup diets, and the latest fad workouts. There's a better way. The Rope Body Program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change so you can lose weight and actually keep it off. Need support? Rope's got you covered every step of the way. And guess what? You can do it all from the comfort of your own home. No more doctor's appointments, no more waiting rooms. It's that simple. Ready to take charge of your weight? Head over to row.co slash Adam to sign up today. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in a year. That's with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash Adam. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash A-D-A-M. So here's the deal. I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works, not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck, I've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing and I need to make split second financial decisions. And that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks and I trade options, and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You've got to know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. Okay, so now it's time for the tinfoil swan, Adam. Our paranoid takeaway to help keep you safe online. So what do you have for us this week, Travis? Well, in the spirit of how a lot of what we talk about is ultimately a lot easier said than done, I thought we'd just do something pretty simple this week. Uh, cool. So we're going to talk about Star Trek. Damn it, Star Wars. Maybe quantum engineering? Bluetooth. Just in general, or? No, more specifically, just disabling Bluetooth when you're not using it, especially uh, if it's on your phone. I mean, my favorite thing about Bluetooth is it's actually like some sort of character, some Viking dude, uh, 
and that that that's a rune i don't know that's a anyway who cares if your bluetooth is on travis give it a give it a rest come on yeah it was actually apparently named after a viking that loved to eat blueberries ah see bluetooth gotcha so but why is this an issue well, I mean, the whole point of Bluetooth and the uh, convenience of it is that it allows your device, uh, if it's a phone or a laptop or whatever, just to be able to connect to nearby devices and to be connected to. So that's like being able to take a phone call on your card's built-in system or to AirPods? Yeah, but at the end of the day, what that means is that your device is both visible and it's discoverable by other devices. Uh, yeah, that's true. And so uh, I know personally, just riding on the train, some I've, every once in a while, someone will try to photo, you know, airdrop a photo to me on this on a commuter train. It really creeps me out, and I'm, then I'm wondering the rest of the ride who it was. But um, have people been hacked by Bluetooth a lot, Travis? Not a lot, but it is a thing. It's called bluejacking, so it's not super common. But it's, I get it. It's like, but it's definitely part of our attackable service. It's an avenue for attack. Right. So the advice here is just to disable Bluetooth when you're not using it, right? A hundred percent is what, that's what I'm hearing anyway. I mean, Bluetooth is convenient. I get that. But when you have, you leave it on all the time, it's just providing cyber criminals with another way to get you. That said, I find it a little annoying to remember. And I do forget from time to time. So probably a smart move is to change the name of what your Bluetooth is. Yeah. I mean, mine says my legal name. So I'm actually have like a weird level of protection there and, and i think travis says mr stinky no it's wu-tang members oh wu-tang members Papo, i thought yours was mr booper so so i mean but in all seriousness i have two daughters and this is a way for people to figure out you know some basics around you because you remember you can be in a crowded train for example and the criminal if he's decided that you know maybe he's looking for some young woman, they're already looking at that young woman, and then they just yell out, "Hey, Sally!" Whoever looks up, bang, you know you got their device. Right. Any any type of uh, form of communication, if it's Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, anything like that, with every single thing you have enabled, that just allows uh, more um, avenues for a hacker to get into your device. Because the biggest problem is that if there's a way in, a hacker can win. Well. I like it. Anyway, that's our tinfoil swan this week. Thank you, Travis, for making me paranoid about something else. Oh, you're still just a naive, fluffy little buddy. What the Hack with Adam Levin is a production of Loud Tree Media, produced by Andrew Stephen and Travis Taylor. Our executive producers are Bo Friedlander and Adam Levin. That's me. You can find us online at adamlevin.com and Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Adam K. Levin. Come back next week and rate and review. It really helps people find the show. 